Hi, my name is Zach, and together with Wikipedia, I'll help you fall asleep. Get cozy and relax. I'll read out loud to you. Today, piano. The popular instrument invented in Italy. The piano is a stringed keyboard instrument in which the strings are struck by wooden hammers that are coated with a softer material. Modern hammers are covered with dense wool felt. Some early pianos used leather. It is played using a keyboard, which is a row of keys or small levers that the performer presses down or strikes with the fingers and thumbs of both hands to cause the hammers to strike the strings. It was invented in Italy by Bartolomeo Cristofori, around the year 1700. Description The word piano is a shortened form of pianoforte, the Italian term for the early 1700s versions of the instrument, and fortepiano. The Italian musical terms piano and forte indicate soft and loud, respectively, in this context referring to the variations in volume, for example loudness, produced in response to a pianist's touch or pressure on the keys. The greater the velocity of a key press, the greater the force of the hammer hitting the strings, and the louder the sound of the note produced, and the stronger the attack. The first forte pianos in the 1700s allowed for a quieter sound, and greater dynamic range than the harpsichord. A piano usually has a protective wooden case surrounding the soundboard and metal strings, which are strung under great tension on a heavy metal frame. Pressing one or more keys on the piano's keyboard causes a wooden or plastic hammer, typically padded with firm felt, to strike the strings. The hammer rebounds from the strings, and the strings continue to vibrate at their resonant frequency. These vibrations are transmitted through a bridge to a sound board that amplifies by more efficiently coupling the acoustic energy to the air. When the key is released, a damper stops the string's vibration, ending the sound. Notes can be sustained, even when the keys are released by the fingers and thumbs, by the use of pedals at the base of the instrument. The sustain pedal enables pianists to play musical passages that would otherwise be impossible, such as sounding a ten-note chord in the lower register and then, while this chord is being continued with the sustain pedal, shifting both hands to the treble range to play a melody and arpeggios over the top of the sustained chord. Unlike the pipe organ and harpsichord, two major keyboard instruments widely used before the piano, the piano allows gradations of volume and tone according to how forcefully or softly a performer presses or strikes the keys. Most modern pianos have a row of 88 black and white keys, 52 white keys for the notes of the C major scale, 
C, D, E, F, G, A, and B, and 36 shorter black keys, which are raised above the white keys and set further back on the keyboard. This means that the piano can play 88 different pitches or notes spanning a range of a bit over seven octaves. The black keys are for the accidentals, which are needed to play in all 12 keys. More rarely, some pianos have additional keys which require additional strings, an example of which is the Berzendorfer Concert Grand 290 Imperial, which has 97 keys. Most notes have three strings, except for the bass, which graduates from one to two. The strings are sounded when keys are pressed or struck, and silenced by dampers when the hands are lifted from the keyboard. Although an acoustic piano has strings, it is usually classified as a percussion instrument rather than as a stringed instrument, because the strings are struck rather than plucked, as with a harpsichord or spinet. In the Hornbostel-Zax system of instrument classification, pianos are considered chordophones. There are two main types of piano, the grand piano and the upright piano. The grand piano has a better sound and gives the player a more precise control of the keys and is therefore the preferred choice for every situation in which the available floor space and the budget will allow, as well as often being considered a requirement in venues where skilled pianists will frequently give public performances. The upright piano, which necessarily involves some compromise in both tone and key action, compared to a grand piano of equivalent quality, is nevertheless much more widely used because it occupies less space, allowing it to fit comfortably in a room where a grand piano would be too large, and is significantly less expensive. During the 1800s, influenced by the musical trends of the Romantic music era, innovations such as the cast iron frame, which allowed much greater string tensions, and alicot stringing gave grand pianos a more powerful sound, with a longer sustain and richer tone. In the 19th century, a family's piano played the same role that a radio or phonograph played in the 20th century. When a 19th century family wanted to hear a newly published musical piece or symphony, they could hear it by having a family member play a simplified version on the piano. During the 19th century, music publishers produced many types of musical works, symphonies, opera overtures, waltzes, etc., in arrangements for piano, so that music lovers could play and hear the popular pieces of the day in their home. The piano is widely employed in classical, jazz, traditional, and popular music for solo and ensemble performances, accompaniment, and for composing, songwriting, and rehearsals. Although the piano is very heavy, and thus not portable, and is expensive, its musical versatility, the large number of musicians, both amateurs and professionals, trained in it, and its wide availability in performance venues, schools, and rehearsal spaces, have made it one of the Western world's most familiar musical instruments.
history. The piano was founded on earlier technological innovations in keyboard instruments. Pipe organs have been used since antiquity, and as such the development of pipe organs enabled instrument builders to learn about creating keyboard mechanisms for sounding pitches. The first string instruments with struck strings were the hammered dulcimers, which were used since the Middle Ages in Europe. During the Middle Ages, there were several attempts at creating stringed keyboard instruments with struck strings. By the 17th century, the mechanisms of keyboard instruments such as the clavichord and the harpsichord were well developed. In a clavichord, the strings are struck by tangents, while in a harpsichord, they are mechanically plucked by quills when the performer depresses the key. Centuries of work on the mechanism of the harpsichord in particular had shown instrument builders the most effective ways to construct the case, soundboard, bridge, and mechanical action for a keyboard intended to sound strings. Invention the invention of the piano is credited to Bartolomeo Cristofori, 1655-1731, of Padua, Italy, who was employed by Ferdinando de' Medici, Grand Prince of Tuscany, as the keeper of the instruments. Cristofori was an expert harpsichord maker and was well acquainted with the body of knowledge on stringed keyboard instruments. This knowledge of keyboard mechanisms and actions helped him to develop the first pianos. It is not known exactly when Cristofori first built a piano. An inventory made by his employers, the Medici family, indicates the existence of a piano by the year 1700. The three Cristofori pianos that survive today date from the 1720s. Cristofori named the instrument Un cimballo di cipresso di piano e forte, a keyboard of cypress with soft and loud, abbreviated over time as pianoforte, forte piano, and later simply piano. Cristofori's great success was designing a stringed keyboard instrument in which the notes are struck by a hammer. The hammer must strike the string, but not remain in contact with it, because continued contact would damp the sound and stop the string from vibrating and making sound. This means that after striking the string, the hammer must quickly fall from, or rebound from, the strings. Moreover, the hammer must return to its rest position without bouncing violently, thus preventing notes from being replayed by accidental rebound, and it must return to a position in which it is ready to play again almost immediately after its key is depressed, so the player can repeat the same note rapidly when desired. Cristofori's piano action was a model for the many approaches to piano actions that followed in the next century. Cristofori's early instruments were made with thin strings and were much quieter than the modern piano, but they were much louder and with more sustain in comparison to the clavichord. 
The only previous keyboard instrument capable of dynamic nuance responding to the player's touch, the velocity with which the keys are pressed. While the clavichord allows expressive control of volume and sustain, it is relatively quiet even at its loudest. The harpsichord produces a sufficiently loud sound, especially when a coupler joins each key to both manuals of a two-manual harpsichord, but it offers no dynamic or expressive control of individual notes. The piano, in some sense, offers the best of both of the older instruments, combining the ability to play at least as loudly as the harpsichord with the ability to continuously vary dynamics by touch. Early Forte Piano Cristofori's new instrument remained relatively unknown until an Italian writer, Scipione Maffei, wrote an enthusiastic article about it in 1711, including a diagram of the mechanism that was translated into German and widely distributed. Most of the next generation of piano builders started their work based on reading this article. One of these builders was Gottfried Silbermann, better known as an organ builder. Silbermann's pianos were virtually direct copies of Christofori's, with one important addition. Silbermann invented the forerunner of the modern sustain pedal, which lifts all the dampers from the strings simultaneously. This innovation allows the pianist to sustain the notes that they have depressed even after their fingers are no longer pressing down the keys. As such, by holding a chord with a sustained pedal, pianists can relocate their hands to a different register of the keyboard in preparation for a subsequent section. Zilbermann showed Johann Sebastian Bach one of his early instruments in the 1730s, but Bach did not like the instrument at that time saying that the higher notes were too soft to allow a full dynamic range. Although this earned him some animosity from Zilbermann, the criticism was apparently heeded. Bach did approve of a later instrument he saw in 1747, and even served as an agent in selling Zilbermann's pianos. Instrument, Piano et Forte Genant, a reference to the instrument's ability to play soft and loud was an expression that Bach used to help sell the instrument when he was acting as Zilbermann's agent in 1749. Piano-making flourished during the late 18th century in the Viennese school, which included Johannes Andreas Stein, who worked in Augsburg, Germany, and the Viennese makers Nanette Streicher, daughter of Stein, and Anton Walter. Viennese-style pianos were built with wood frames, two strings per note, and leather-covered hammers. Some of these Viennese pianos had the opposite colouring of modern-day pianos. The natural keys were black and the accidental keys white. It was for such instruments that Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart composed his concertos and sonatas and replicas of them are built in the 21st century for use in authentic instrument performance of his music. The pianos of Mozart's day had a softer tone than 21st century pianos or English pianos, with less sustaining power. 
The term fortepiano now distinguishes these early instruments and modern recreations from later pianos. Modern Piano In the period from about 1790 to 1860, the Mozart-era piano underwent tremendous changes that led to the modern structure of the instrument. This revolution was in response to a preference by composers and pianists for a more powerful, sustained piano sound, and made possible by the ongoing Industrial Revolution, with resources such as high-quality piano wire for strings and precision casting for the production of massive iron frames that could withstand the tremendous tension of the strings. Over time, the tonal range of the piano was also increased from the five octaves of Mozart's day to the seven octave or more range found on today's pianos. Early technological progress in the late 1700s owed much to the firm of Broadwood. John Broadwood joined with another Scot, Robert Stoddart, and a Dutchman, Americus Backers, to design a piano in the harpsichord case, the origin of the grand. This was achieved by about 1777. They quickly gained a reputation for the splendor and powerful tone of their instruments, with Broadwood constructing pianos that were progressively larger, louder, and more robustly constructed. They sent pianos to both Joseph Hayden and Ludwig van Beethoven, and were the first firm to build pianos with a range of more than five octaves. Five octaves and a fifth during the 1790s, six octaves by 1810, Beethoven used the extra notes in his later works, and seven octaves by 1820. The Viennese makers similarly followed these trends. However, the two schools used different piano actions. Broadwoods used a more robust action, whereas Viennese instruments were more sensitive. By the 1820s, the center of piano innovation had shifted to Paris, where the Playel firm manufactured pianos used by Frédéric Chopin and the Erard firm manufactured those used by Franz Liszt. In 1821, Sébastien Erard invented the double escapement action, which incorporated a repetition lever, also called the balancier, that permitted repeating a note even if the key had not yet risen to its maximum vertical position. This facilitated rapid playing of repeated notes, a musical device exploited by Liszt. When the invention became public, as revised by Henry Hertz, the double escapement action gradually became standard in grand pianos and is still incorporated into all grand pianos currently produced in the 2000s. Other improvements of the mechanism included the use of firm felt hammer coverings instead of layered leather or cotton. Felt, which Jean-Henri Pape was the first to use in pianos in 1826, was a more consistent material, permitting wider dynamic ranges as hammer weights and string tension increased. The sostenuto pedal, invented in 1844 by Jean-Louis Boisselot, and copied by the Steinway firm in 1874, allowed a wider range of effects. 
One innovation that helped create the powerful sound of the modern piano was the use of a massive, strong, cast iron frame. Also called the plate, the iron frame sits atop the soundboard and serves as the primary bulwark against the force of string tension that can exceed 20 tons, 180 kilonewtons, in a modern grand piano. The single-piece cast iron frame was patented in 1825 in Boston by Alpheus Babcock, combining the metal hitch pin plate, 1821 claimed by Broadwood on behalf of Samuel Herve, and resisting bars, Tom and Allen, 1820, but also claimed by Broadwood and Erard. Babcock later worked for the Chickering and McKay's firm, who patented the first full iron frame for grand pianos in 1843. Composite forged metal frames were preferred by many European makers until the American system was fully adopted by the early 20th century. The increased structural integrity of the iron frame allowed the use of thicker, tenser and more numerous strings. In 1834, the Webster and Horsfall firm of Birmingham brought out a form of piano, wire-made, from cast steel. It was so superior to the iron wire that the English firm soon had the monopoly. But a better steel wire was soon created in 1840 by the Viennese firm of Martin Miller, and a period of innovation and intense competition ensued, with rival brands of piano wire being tested against one another at international competitions, leading ultimately to the modern form of piano wire. Several important advances included changes to the way the piano was strung. The use of a choir of three strings, rather than two for all but the lowest notes, enhanced the richness and complexity of the treble. The use of a capodastro bar instead of agraffes in the uppermost treble allowed the hammers to strike the strings in their optimal position, greatly increasing that area's power. The implementation of overstringing, also called cross-stringing, in which the strings are placed in two separate planes, each with its own bridge height, allowed greater length to the bass strings and optimized the transition from unwound tenor strings to the iron or copper-wound bass strings. Overstringing was invented by Pape during the 1820s and first patented for use in grand pianos in the United States by Henry Steinway Jr. in 1859. Some piano makers added variations to enhance the tone of each note, such as Pascal Taskin, 1788, Collard and Collard, 1821, and Julius Blutner, who developed alicot stringing in 1893. These systems were used to strengthen the tone of the highest register of notes on the piano, which up until this time were viewed as being too weak sounding. Each used more distinctly ringing, undamped vibrations of sympathetically vibrating strings to add to the tone, except the Blutner alicot stringing, which uses an additional fourth string in the upper two treble sections. While the hitch pins of these separately suspended alicot strings are raised slightly above the level of the usual tri-choir strings, they are not struck by the hammers, 
but rather are damped by attachments of the usual dampers. Eager to copy these effects, Theodore Steinway invented duplex scaling, which used short lengths of non-speaking wire bridged by the alico throughout much of the upper range of the piano, always in locations that cause them to vibrate sympathetically in conformity with their respective overtones, typically in doubled octaves and twelfths. Variations in shape and design Some early pianos had shapes and designs that are no longer in use. The square piano, not truly square but rectangular, was cross-strung at an extremely acute angle above the hammers, with the keyboard set along the long side. This design is attributed to Christian Ernst Friedrichi, a pupil of Gottfried Silbermann in Germany and Johannes Zumper in England, and it was improved by changes first introduced by Guillaume Lebrecht Petzold in France and Alpheus Babcock in the United States. Square pianos were built in great numbers throughout the 1840s in Europe and the 1890s in the United States, and saw the most visible change of any type of piano, the iron-framed, overstrung squares manufactured by Steinway and Sons, were more than two and a half times the size of Zumper's wood-framed instruments from a century before. Their overwhelming popularity was due to inexpensive construction and price, although their tone and performance were limited by narrow soundboards, simple actions and string spacing that made proper hammer alignment difficult. The tall, vertically strung upright grand was arranged like a grand set on end, with the soundboard and bridges above the keys and tuning pins below them. Giraffe pianos, pyramid pianos and lyre pianos were arranged in a somewhat similar fashion, using evocatively shaped cases. The very tall cabinet piano was introduced about 1805 and was built through the 1840s. It had strings arranged vertically on a continuous frame with bridges extended nearly to the floor, behind the keyboard and very large sticker action. The short cottage upright, or pianino, with vertical stringing, made popular by Robert Warnham around 1815, was built into the 20th century. They are informally called birdcage pianos because of their prominent damper mechanism. The oblique upright, popularized in France by Roller and Blanchet, during the late 1820s, was diagonally strung throughout its compass. The tiny spinet upright was manufactured from the mid-1930s until recent times. The low position of the hammers required the use of a drop action to preserve a reasonable keyboard height. Modern upright and grand pianos attained their present 2000-era forms by the end of the 19th century. While improvements have been made in manufacturing processes, and many individual details of the instrument continue to receive attention, and a small number of acoustic pianos in the 2010s are produced with MIDI recording and digital sound module triggering capabilities, the 19th century was the era of the most dramatic innovations and modifications of the instrument.
Hey, still awake? If you like this podcast, please hit subscribe and leave a rating in your podcast app. The text is available at Creative Commons Attribution. This podcast is produced and edited by Shenlai Media. Read by me, Zach. Thank you.